Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Finding Your Freedom podcast. I hope you guys are having a great week so far. Um, I know, so last week when I recorded and released, we did not know who the new president would be, and now we do. Um, So I hope that we're all, um, you know, breathing a sigh of relief now. I know, I know I am, and I just feel just positive about what is to come um and if you don't feel like that i'm sorry and i hope you're finding peace in some other way during these times um something else i just wanted to say really quick is if you've been listening to the podcast it would mean so much if you can um rate and review on apple podcasts it's super easy just give it a five-star review And if you leave a written review, I will, like I've said before, send you some voice memos on Instagram and just give you all the compliments and affirmations that you're needing. So who would not want that? Yes. Um, So just a little comment on last week's episode. Yeah, I hope you guys liked it and it served you. I realized after I recorded it, that I didn't um, even go through all the things, <laughs> all the things that had happened, um, you know, in the past couple of months. So I'll probably like write a post more on that, but don't really feel called, I guess, to go through all of it now. But it was um, loss and death and conflict and dreams that didn't turn out exactly the way you think dreams will turn out which I've learned lessons like this before and yeah just a lot of a lot of interesting lessons and I'm I'm really in a place right now where um I'm kind of just taking a step back and asking how I'm meant to share um what is going on now so that is kind of where I'm at right now and I'm also I'm feeling this really, really low energy state right now today. I'm not sure, not sure what's going on with the planets or what's going on with me in general, but I'm feeling just very, like, very tired and slow today. Um, but yeah, this episode is amazing, and I'm so excited for you guys to listen to it. Um, the the best thing for me about this podcast has been, I don't want to say the best thing, but one of the best things has been that through this podcast, people that I looked up to that inspired me, that their podcasts inspired me and helped me get through one of the most challenging times of my life. The fact that now I'm able to get them on the show and, you know, become friends with these people. And it's, it's just so amazing to see kind of the whole process be so full circle and I'm just really excited moving forward to get more people that really have inspired me on my journey and have conversations with them and yeah, it's really exciting. So today's guest is Georgie Morley and like I said, I've I've been following her her podcast since 2018. Um, chasing joy and really really love it she also lives near boston which is exciting too but 
I will read her little bio for you guys. So Georgie Morley is a photographer, podcaster, and blogger based on Nantucket Island. After her struggle with depression and an eating disorder, she realized that joy is an inside job. Now Georgie uses her platform to provide tools, stories, and conversation that inspire joy, intuitive wellness, and personal growth. Georgie believes that at the end of the day, we're all our own best teachers and gurus. She hopes to empower people to truly trust themselves so they can create a life well-lived. Yes, so I'm super excited for the episode and will not hold off any longer. I hope you guys enjoy this one. So the first question that I ask everyone since it's the Finding Your Freedom podcast is what have you been finding your freedom from lately? Hmm. Freedom from? That's such a good question. I feel like this year I am really trying to find freedom from certain limiting beliefs around success. I think I finally started learning about what it means to be afraid of success and why like like some sorry my throat um some understandable reasons why I might be afraid of success and how it might change my life and the different ways I self-sabotage because of that definitely and I I really resonate with that this year like my my word of the year my intention was stepping into my power and I didn't Mm -hmm. realize how many fears would come up around actually doing that and shining brightly and there's actually there's so much fear and resistance there and I think it's really interesting to dive deeper into that yeah I think a lot of people including myself we crave being relatable and I mean I just I'm fascinated by social media and like how people interact and everything and TikTok has been fascinating to watch but that's one where it's like I've noticed like certain like videos on people's stuff will go viral and then like it just feels like people don't have filters there and so it's like that it's almost like a visceral version of like okay bad stuff can happen if you go too viral or you get too much exposure and that I think that is like I don't think a lot of people think about how scary it is to be someone who has like a lot of exposure whether it's with success comes like different issues (laughs) yeah that's definitely interesting it's like i I hate even saying this, but I do want to get like a bigger following on Instagram, mm-hmm. not because I think the like amount of followers matter for anything, except for just like getting your message out to a bigger people, mm-hmm. um, like a bigger group of people. But I always like worry or wonder of like, oh, if I, you know, even as, as many followers as you have, or just like even over like 10K, like what messages am I going to be getting in my DMs or how many messages am I going to be getting a day? And is it just you know, I feel like we're already inundated with so much technology and messages all the time. Like just, I wonder how people balance all of that. 
Yeah, I think it's a really interesting thing to talk about and think about whether it could be followers, it could be money, it could be any like tangible-ish metric of success. I don't think it's I don't think it's bad at all to want growth in any of those areas. I feel like it's human nature to want to grow and we don't need to shame ourselves for that. And at the same time with any of those things, it's realizing it's not going to change you and it's not going to change how happy you are. I think people think that they'll be happier when they have more money, more whatever, more success and just realizing like, Oh, it's not really, it's not going to make me happier. It's just going to change like the leverage I have. I I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting question. It's like, then why do I want it? If it's not necessarily going to make me happier? I don't know. It's just an interesting, I mean, that's one of those big questions. I don't even know how I got (laughs) here, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to want to grow. I feel like there's a lot of that kind of language around, especially maybe for women to, we're supposed to feel like almost, and I, this is kind of in that theme of like apologizing for being successful or like, oh, it's not like I find myself, I catch myself doing this all the time. Someone will say, oh, I love that thing you did. And I'll be like, oh, thanks. It was, you know, it was just really good lighting that day. Like when it comes to photos, I'm like, oh, it was just really good lighting that day. Like, oh, the models were beautiful. Like never taking credit for stuff and always just like deflecting. Um, I think a lot of people deflect because of that fear of owning, being like, yes, I tried hard and I like what I do. <laughs> like how many people say that openly? Yeah, I think it just like takes knowing yourself and getting your priorities kind of in order. Because I, I think from the get-go, I was never a person that was like, oh, if I get the certain amount of money, I'll be happy and successful. Because mm-hmm. I, I think I inherently knew that those ideas in society were kind of just kind of just bullshit. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting when you like have your priorities quote straight and you know you just like want to serve and help people and you almost feel like money or more followers is like it it like you feel like you almost don't deserve those things when you're being of service and I think it's like Mm -hmm. a really interesting thing to be like oh I can like do what I'm really good at I can help people and I like deserve to make a certain amount of money for that and I think that has been a really big shift in me this year of like letting go of those beliefs of like oh, I'm just going to be, like, that broke person that, like, helps people all the time, and, like, I don't need to take care of, like, my own specifically financial needs, and it's, like, no, Mm -hmm. you could be compensated, especially if you're doing, like, the good, like, soul work. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, when I see other people who maybe have more than me, or I wonder what it'd be like to look at what I have if I didn't have as much, or whatever it is, like, I never if someone has more than me, I don't want them to not enjoy it. If anything, it's like, it's, it's the best way to uh, appreciate what you have is to, I don't know, another way to say it, like appreciate it, like use what you have been given, appreciate what you have been given, make the most of it versus feeling like purposely blocking things, purposely self like trying to make yourself feel worse for having something. Cause then that doesn't, it doesn't help you and it doesn't help anyone else. I don't know, but it's, it's just, I think it's ingrained. So it's just consciously trying to be like, okay, why am I doing this? Who is this trying to help? Like, cause I think it does, it did serve me at certain times and it's just trying to let go of that. Yeah. Do this is interesting. Cause I didn't plan on like asking these questions or going in these, this direction, but I'm definitely curious about this question. Like, is it over ever overwhelming for you? Like having, 
so many followers on Instagram and getting back to people. And I know you have taken like a couple Instagram breaks and have called it your like annual burnout time. I think it's like yeah. August or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just curious, like how you handle the, like such a big following. And I think this is probably something that again, kind of reinforces what we're talking about in my mind. And this just goes to show like everyone is comparing themselves to somebody else. Like in my mind, I don't consider what I have like a quote unquote large following. Um, Cause again, it just shows like you kind of get used to what you have and you always see more versus I don't think about like having more than someone else. So I, I don't know if I'm unique in this, but I felt very lucky in terms of, especially with Instagram as a platform, it's been very positive. I haven't had too many issues. I also feel like part of that is I haven't always shared super strong opinions. Not that I think I need to, um, but I feel like I've cultivated a pretty positive place and hopefully a place where I give space room. I give people room to disagree with me if I do share an opinion because that's just who I am. Um, so, I mean, it hasn't, the overwhelm I think comes from within because I, I, I burn myself out from anything that I feel like I just have kind of a little bit of a workaholic personality. I could probably, I could burn myself out from anything. So it's less of social media that just happens to be what I was focusing on in those times. And I found that as I shifted a little bit more into offline stuff, um, I'm still burning myself out physically and in work, but maybe a little bit less with social media. (laughs) Yeah, definitely that workaholic type of person as well. And uh, yeah, it's definitely hard to not burn yourself out. And this is my I guess like first very structured nine to five job and also doing mm-hmm. a podcast. So it's, it's very interesting to, I, my personality is like, I'll work until I'm in the ground. Like, yeah. I can't move anymore. And it's been interesting just like learning those limits. Um, but kind of to pivot from that, I'd love to kind of just hear your story of how you got into doing the work you're doing now. And it also looks like 2020 has been really kind of like a shift or a pivot for you and especially with the podcast taking some time away I'm not sure how long that is but I'd love to hear kind of about your journey and then what has been unique to that process in 2020. Yeah um, so my how I got into the internet world honestly I've always been fascinated by like creativity creation and then sharing that process. So even in high school before social media was really a big thing, um, I was on the school newspaper and I would write like opinion editorials. And so it's not just about creating something. I enjoy the process of creating and sharing and getting that feedback. Um, And so I started my first like real blog um, maybe in, I think it was like 2013. um, I was working at an internship in New York when I was in college. And honestly, I just wasn't super simulated there. They just didn't have enough work for me. So um, I just like started a blog. Just like I need to do something um, while I'm here all day and while I'm in New York. And at the time I was running a lot. And I think the probably the theme of my like maybe life or especially career is like uh, just constant evolution. Um, not necessarily because I think it's right or wrong. You know what? I actually think if if I was giving like business advice, I would say pick a niche and like get super specific and focus on that and be consistent. Whereas I've gone the opposite just because that's my personality. I'm more of like 
a dabbler explorer. So I started writing about running because that's what I was into at the time. It kind of evolved into, you know, health and wellness. Um, and I think I was coming, I was in, interested in writing about it because that's where I, my mindset was at at the time. And again, I always came from a place of like, not necessarily expertise, but just, hey, I'm a part of the community. Um, so it's like that love of social media and whatever I was into. And the blog's change shapes and forms so many different times but it also introduced me to photography because I started you know with the health and wellness talking about food and so I I learned how to use a camera to take photos of food in my first real job I was doing social media um, I was their social media manager but also doing content creation set up their influencer program so I was on the brand side of social media while I was building my blog um, eventually quit that job worked at a coffee shop to just kind of sustain myself while I was like working on the blog. Um, and then got to a point where I could sustain myself with my blog doing kind of that influencer model of working with brands. And in this past year, the big pivot, I mean, partly because of COVID, I think influencer marketing is going to change a lot, but personally, just how I was feeling about it. I just like, I don't think there's anything wrong, but I think for me, it wasn't as creatively fulfilling or aligned with what I wanted to be sharing and talking about and making. Um, so I've kind of taken a step back from the influencer piece, um, not completely, but just focus more on the photography side because, you know, in the background, that's always been something I've really enjoyed. And I think like mentioning limiting beliefs in the beginning of the episode, I think I've always enjoyed it, but I had a lot of limiting beliefs around like, was I good enough to be doing this? And I always, people would say like, oh, what do you do? And it'd be part of my introduction, like, oh, kind of as a side hustle, I do photography or I would shoot some friends' weddings or, you know, I would get different work, but I was almost afraid of just admitting how much I wanted to be doing that. Um, but this year kind of felt like the time to step into it and it was so powerful. So I feel like that's kind of how I've shifted and evolved. <laughs> so I guess now if I were to introduce myself to someone, I would say like, I'm a portrait and lifestyle photographer. And I also have um, a podcast that I run with my best friend called Gal Pals. And that's kind of about different conversations that we all have, kind of the topics that you would dive into in therapy, but with a best friend. So um, that's kind of what I do now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just curious what's like what's the idea for the Chasing Joy podcast moving forward? Are you kind of focusing more on gal pals for right now? Um for right now, focusing more on gal pals. Um I haven't announced this officially, but I'm happy to share because it it's been in conversation I've had for um you know, the last couple months, but I'm thinking of just like transitioning out and ending on a really high note. I still have to put, you know, that last episode out there, but it just has felt like such a positive experience. And one of my favorite pieces of advice people have shared with me at different points is like always end or quit on your best day. So I would rather with that, like just tie a really nice bow on it and say, this was an amazing experience, but I don't want to do it to a point where it's not bringing me joy anymore because <laughs> the chasing joy I feel like has to have that spirit. Um, and I think it's less of like a, I don't want to do this and more of I want to put my full heart into like fewer things so I can really like hone in and become an ex actually become an expert because I I think I kept doing that thing where I was like I'm not an expert I'm not an expert or I'm this is just a side hustle and I feel like I 
um, block myself from growth just by the language I was using about myself, like constantly deflecting or self-deprecating. So I think part of that has to be like fine tuning what I'm doing versus just spreading myself thin and being like, I'm not good at anything, but you know, I do it all. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's super interesting. And I think it, I think it just speaks to, too, of like trusting yourself and when it's time to like, you know, like the Chasing Joy podcast was this like amazing thing. And if it's time to end and focus more on gal pals and focus more on photography than like allowing that. And I'm I'm kind of the same personality that I guess the typical marketing or business advice, which I have no clue because I've never mm-hmm. taken a marketing or business class, um, is to pick a niche. But I'm very much that same type of person where it's like, you know, at first it was about this one thing and then it transformed as I transformed into a different thing. Um, and I think it, I think it depends what type of person you are, but I, I actually really value the people that transform as their growth transforms, especially when they're teaching and like the wellness and like spirituality and coaching world. Um, cause then it just gives like a new layer to whatever they're putting out into the world. Um, and then just another side note about your story, which I think is interesting. Um, I was listening to a podcast you were on too, and I actually was like on my high school newspaper staff as well, was really into photography as a kid. And then I also, I grew up like in an, on an island-ish as well. Oh, no way. Where? Um, the Outer Banks in North Carolina. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. It's fascinating to me how many people in the online blogging, social media world were really into collaging as a kid. I definitely had like Oh yeah, my sister still has it. I made her one year for her birthday, like a book. It was called, it's called like, uh, you know, the world of Nelly according to me. <laughs> it's like what kind of who does that? It was just like actually like a big book of heckles because that's just my relationship with my sister. But like definitely love to like create almost, you know, old school blogs back in the day. Like just cut out magazines and basically the idea of Pinterest before Pinterest. Um, but so many people in this space, I find, um, like to visually and verbally communicate and kind of cobble it all together. Yeah, it's it's really funny. When I was like in high school or even the end of middle school, me and my friends would like take our cameras. And I actually had a nice camera at that time. And we would go to the beach and do like photo shoots. And then I love that I would find captions from like Tumblr. And those yep. are my <laughs> captions. So like back in the day when that wasn't even a thing on Instagram, I was posting like all model pictures with like Tumblr captions. And I'm like, who did I think I was at 14? But it's really funny to look back on that. Yeah. But I think something too that's like interesting in your story and that I've like heard you say before is that you kind of like you had something you wanted to do and kind of created what you wanted to be doing. And I think that's like really interesting and really helpful especially when people are leaving college because they think like oh I just have to like work for this company the rest of my life or I don't know I think that was something that was in my mind it's it's nice to know that you you know there's so many more options of like creating something that doesn't even exist yet yeah and I think I'm always so tempted to you know share like nuggets that have helped me But I think before I do any of that, I just want to put out the disclaimer. I think it's so helpful. You know, my constant curiosity is like self-discovery and like understanding yourself to, you know, best enjoy your life, really. So with any of the stuff that I say, like, 
I would always encourage you to tune in to like how it lands for you. Cause sometimes when I'll listen to something, it's like something really just like lands. It makes total sense. And other things kind of feel a little bit off. So pay attention to that <laughs> because I, and I think there's so many great tools out there, whether it's, you know, astrology, Enneagram, like therapy, just different like modalities to help you know yourself. Um, I found human design really helpful. And even something that I learned recently about, you know, myself, I used to think that I was like scatterbrained. And as I was sharing, like I've evolved a bunch of different times thinking that like, oh, wow, I can't stick to anything. What's wrong with me? Why do I like so many different things? Why can't I just pick something? Even as a kid, like I just go through really intense phases of, you know, I'll eat the same thing every day for like weeks and then I can't stand it anymore. Like what, what is going on here? Um, but I, I found there's just like a little nugget in this human design system talking about, you know, for me personally, these first, whatever they say, like 30 years is all about like exploring. And then you kind of hone in on like a few things and kind of become a, like a hone in on that mastery element. And again, that might not be true for everyone, but it's helpful just to like find different modalities that help you understand yourself because you're probably not wrong. Like if it feels true to you, even if other people aren't doing it the same way that you are, just trust that little like sparkle of something in you. That's like, uh, I know this is weird, but like, it kind of feels right to me, even though no one else is doing it my way. Um, especially in your twenties, I feel like, gosh, I, it's pretty much part of your brain chemistry that life feels like a roller coaster. So you're not crazy. Like you really aren't. It's like in your biology to feel crazy kind of, especially in the beginning um, of your twenties, it felt like a roller coaster and like I was doing everything wrong. Um, but just keep going and it gets a little bit easier. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. It's just hearing you say that I'm kind of like reflecting on my past experience and it's like, I feel like I know a lot of the same things about myself that I did, you know, like two, four years ago or whenever I was kind of contemplating those things. But the thing that's different now is I look at them as strengths instead of weaknesses. And instead of being like, you know, I have like a similar tendency of being interested in a ton of things. And instead of thinking that that's bad, I think that's good or being sensitive. I think that's good instead of bad or being like, this type of worker is good instead of bad. And I think just like really learning about yourself and like embracing everything that you are and like trusting your intuition. Um, Cause yeah, it's super interesting. Sometimes I'll listen to podcasts and just like midway through, I'll be like, I like this doesn't work. Yeah. This me. one wasn't made for me. <laughs> I, move along. I just, this isn't me. And it's also really interesting. And I, I don't know if this is part of my nature or just maybe many people are like this, who knows, but I find it really fascinating to listen to things that I don't always agree with just to not necessarily like angrily listen, but truly like out of curiosity, I find, you know, whether it's like a belief system or even something like politics, like listen to things with an open mind and an open heart and trust that people's intentions are almost always good, even if you don't agree with them. And it's sometimes really challenging, especially if I feel like emotionally strong about a certain issue to listen to something I don't agree with. But I try to hold space and be like, I just want to know what else is out there and just practice 
keeping that open mind and open heart so that I never get too closed off and create like a chain, like a bubble chamber of like my way or the highway. I'm better than it. Like my ideas are right and they're wrong. You know, just trying to be a little bit more like I can still have my convictions, but also just hold space for other people's thoughts and ideas instead of always, because it's so easy to be like, I'm in this camp and I'll stay in this camp um, and I'm not going to listen to anyone in that one. And just if they have one belief that doesn't align with me, like they're out. Yeah, completely. I think it's so important to listen to people we don't agree with on things too and just kind of sit with what we're actually feeling and just to like educate ourselves and not become rigid and what is right and what is wrong. And I think honestly, the thing that bothers me the most listening to now are people that tell you that this is the right way. That Mm -hmm. is something that I really, that they know the right way for you when they don't. That's like something I really just can't listen to in the personal development wellness world, Mm -hmm. Um, especially any diet type stuff like that. I definitely can't listen to that. (laughs) Yeah. Or anything that's like trying to override your wisdom, anything that doesn't honor that you know yourself well, and at least you, like you might know, you know, a certain amount of science about something, but not honoring that you have a certain kind of wisdom just by being in your body and being able to tune into that. Yeah, completely. And I, I think, I think it's interesting for me being in like the science world and this more Mm -hmm. like spirituality, um, wellness type of world. Um, cause I'm constantly seeing kind of in the science world where it's like, you want this certain answer and you like want to tell people what's right. And I think it's like really interesting to hold two things that are like really different and be like, can we make space for like both of these things to be right? Totally. I mean, science is so fascinating because there is like an an amount of certainty and then there's just the element that like humans created this system that we call science. (laughs) So there's always going to be, and different people can read data differently or make different conclusions, even with the same amount of data. So, and then I'm not saying that, I'm just saying that people can almost like use science as a weapon the same way people use anything else as a weapon. Um, but it's like, oh, this is one really helpful source of information that we can use and how cool that you can kind of speak almost two languages that kind of are getting, trying to get at the same thing. Like, why are we the way that we are? We're all just trying to figure that out, basically. Yeah, completely two different languages for that. But I, I saw something on, on Instagram the other day by like a scientist and it was something, it was like how to get the public to distrust science. And it was um, it was basically saying that like when we don't promote um, debate in science and we don't promote, you know, a study that proves what we thought was right for years to be wrong mm-hmm. and we like ostracize that scientist or like doubt their science, that that's um, like a factor in making people distrust scientists because we don't allow for like different ideas. Um, and there were a couple other points and I, I need to find that because I think it's really interesting because we're with science (laughs) right now we're definitely in a very very interesting time with what people are trusting and believing and I I think it's just like really important to you know science isn't truth science is a process Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean the process isn't also meant to be trusted like there's there is an in-between I just feel like in our world right now everyone like wants to take a side and like they're right and it's like I don't think we're getting anywhere by being like that 
Yeah. I mean, and there's some days when I'm literally like, yeah, and I like to think a lot, but it's, it's scary to feel like this, this thing that we kind of grew up with no questioning that there is so much, it's like, we push it to such an extreme and you're like, what is, what is real? And our minds are so wild. Like, we can truly like fabricate things completely. So, and human behavior and human nature is so <laughs> fascinating. It's hard to be objective as a human. So to have to like create this system that helps us uh, manage that element, it, it's fascinating, but totally overwhelming. So I totally understand why someone would feel like, I just have a compassion for a lot of people who are struggling right now to make sense of this world that it just feels like, to have your reality denied or to have things that you thought were true be denied and whatever realm that is like it's very unsettling yeah I've definitely that's definitely a place I've like found myself this year of like I think it's interesting too when you like go through a period of growth and you're like I figured it out and then 2020 <laughs> happens and you're like maybe nothing's true <laughs> maybe nothing's true <laughs> so that just to segue into that, I'm curious, like, what have, it's so funny when I asked this question at the beginning, you know, like, one month in, what has quarantine taught you? And now it's, you know, the, the thing that keeps continuing. What is, what is 2020 kind of teaching you kind of in this, this later stage of the continuing, the continuing, like, COVID and then, you know, racial unrest and then the election and really everything? Man. I'm just trying so hard to, it's, it's so sad to think about, like, sometimes I just get really sad thinking about how this sounds so, like, cliche and obvious, and I don't love speaking in cliches, but just to, even in my personal life, it's gotten closer, and it feels like it's gotten closer, the division between people's beliefs, whereas I feel like I've, you know, even my husband and I have slightly different views and beliefs, but I think we do a, a decent job at like holding space for each other and not making it like, you know, a personal thing. Um, so, you know, some days it gets really heavy because it's hurtful when people don't want to listen or when you, I don't know, when it just, it all feels so personal um, and it does feel so divided. So that part is really challenging and heavy. And I think it's helped like feeling how I feel in reaction to that has reminded me how important it is for me to continue to be a good listener and to continue to let go of judgment as much as I can. And I think innately, I'm pretty curious as a person, but really trying to keep that open mind and open heart and trust that like everyone is going through something right now. And I think even though COVID has impacted people in wildly disproportionate ways, which is truly tragic and it makes the like right and wrong seeker in me just frustrated. Like why, why is this like, how did, how could have this, how could this have happened and how unfair that certain people are experiencing it so differently. Um, but anyways, it's, it's forcing me to, or giving me an opportunity to keep reminding myself to like stay open um, trust that everyone is going through something, um, slow down, just like slowing my reactions to everything, really trying to like pause and witness people's emotions without 
like taking it personally. So I feel like the biggest like takeaways for me personally is like practicing this idea of not learning how to not take things personally. That's probably been my biggest area of growth. And, you know, in my personal work career with photography, I feel like that was another area that I held myself back because I was so afraid of any kind of criticism because it just felt so fragile. But then when you do it enough and you get, you know, some weird feedback or good feedback, bad feedback, all of it, none of it feels quite as personal when you just have like so much exposure. So in that way, I'm learning to take things less personally. And then it just like, the overall socio, like just our society, like trying to take things less personally and trust that everyone is going through something, slowing down, reacting less. And really like, it's truly something I'm not good at, but trying so hard to remember to be present because like it's fall and I'm already weirdly nostalgic for summer. And I feel like, why wasn't I more present then and I I just feel like I I always look back fondly on things but maybe I'm not fondly enjoying them in the moment and I that's something I think I was always living for the future and with COVID not being able to plan as much in the future I feel like now I'm like shifting to living in the past and I just want to enjoy like just being right here chatting with you like this is such a nice conversation and what a great opportunity and I'm happy and safe and all is well and like that I, I want to be able to acknowledge like what's going on right now versus always like my mind million different places yeah I I think it's I feel like since this has happened there hasn't been you know there's not like one day where like some part of what's going on isn't on your mind like mm-hmm. I I feel like really more than ever this time I've really had to be like more diligent over my mental health because Mm -hmm. it's just been like there's negativity there's like like the chaos in the world makes interpersonal chaos feel like even harder to deal with Mm -hmm. because there's so much going on um and I think the living in the past thing has been really interesting to to think about because I guess I haven't realize that shift for myself um in a way I think I have been living in the past a little bit too um because I I moved to Boston kind of recently and Mm -hmm. just like oh it was so much better where I was before and like Mm -hmm. you know those type of thoughts and (laughs) it's my first time having a New England winter so I'm um Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slightly nervous for the future who knows though like these days it hasn't been super gnarly but it's the light man. Where were you before? I was in New Orleans. So okay, vastly yeah. different. <laughs> vastly different. different. Get like a happy lamp or find something to give yourself some sunshine. Cause that's, it's not necessarily cold. Cause you know, can always just get a jacket, but when it just gets dark and gray for a while, it's hard. Yeah. I like, I was definitely feeling like quite negative about it for a little bit, but now I'm kind of in a place of like, I don't know, acceptance and like my mm-hmm. body actually needs a real winter because I, I was in New Orleans and then I was in California. So there haven't been real winters in a, in a long time. Um, so I'm like, you know, maybe my body needs like less sunlight and more like hot drinks and like maybe mm-hmm. winter is like not that bad. So I think that kind of speaks to like living, trying to live in the present. Definitely. And I mean, the beautiful thing about living in a really seasonal place is the 
like pros of one season are also like every season has a pro and con and it's inverse for the next one. So there's always going to be something that's better about winter than summer, you know, like, you know, there's less bugs, like there's different things. It's almost like the things that aren't there, but you don't even notice because you're focused on, again, if you're focused, I, I just kind of projected all this negativity onto you about new England winters. And I, this happens to me every year I get like, I kind of dread it and I, so negative about it and luckily I have a few people in my life who are good at checking me and being like come on like do you really want to spend the whole winter being that guy like just complaining your way through it like just like have a moment but then just make the most of it because what else are you going to do so I literally just had to like do a little self-check <laughs> and check. stop yeah. but the snow like the snow is fun like you can go out like you get cold and then you come back in and it's so cozy and warm and you know sometimes it's nice just to like hunker down and do little projects and get crafty inside there's there's plenty of good things about winter yeah this is like such a random side note but I'm just gonna throw it in there I like don't really watch tv ever but I just like decided to watch Netflix last night and watch like Emily in Paris and I was like I know what I'm gonna do this winter I'm gonna learn French and just like stuff like that it's like you know I probably wouldn't have had time to do that in New Orleans because it was 60 degrees all winter and Mm -hmm. I was outside so I don't know it's like trying to see the positivity in the moment yeah sometimes I feel a sense of relief when the weather is bad because it almost feels like this weird permission slip to be inside or slow down and I think sometimes if you struggle to if you do tend on the like you know overactive maybe workaholic-y like productivity junkie kind of vibe like sometimes it's helpful to have external things (laughs) hence why I get burned out my body literally is like can we not um (laughs) but the winter can be helpful for that where it's like it's okay to be inside. It's okay to go a little slower to enjoy kind of a little bit of the quiet and nothingness. Definitely. And something that's been funny about New England too, that I've noticed when you said that it's, it's interesting the amount of people that I've met that have lived in New England their whole life and complained so much about the winter. (laughs) I'm like, why don't you like the, it's warm in the South. Just go there. Just move there. (laughs) And it's so expensive here. And like, no, I think there's a, if you listen to a New Englander complaining, look for the twinkle in their eye. Like, as someone who's grown up in New England and, like, all my family is from New England. They like it. There's a certain <laughs> camaraderie. Or, like, my husband is, like, the perfect example. He's so salty and, like, will complain. But I, I can tell he's happy because there's, like, just this little sparkle in his eye. And he's just, like, happily venting. And it's not really, it's not like they're actually being negative. It's just a camaraderie thing. And so... I feel like the people here are very kind of like cold at first and kind of closed off, but you realize it's just kind of an act and um, people just like to complain about the cold, even though they'll like drink their iced coffee and secretly love that they're living in New England. Yeah, it's it's like a very interesting thing because I'm like very much like I try not to complain about complain about anything so I'm just like what like I'm very much like if you complain about it three times you've got to move like I'm very like action oriented so it's been like very interesting for me yeah well welcome (laughs) thank you you're the first person that's welcomed me to New England (laughs) but on that note kind of talking about winter in 2020 I'd love to hear kind of I think we like a little bit talked about how maybe 2020 has affected mental health, but I'd love Mm -hmm. to hear kind of, I know you've talked openly about 
struggling with an eating disorder and depression, um, whatever you would maybe want to talk about first, or if the two stories are kind of like inter interwoven. Yeah. Do you mean like how 2020 has played a role in like how I take care of my mental health? Um, I, I guess just in general, like before 2020, like, yeah, I know that you talked about like the eating disorder and mm-hmm. running and how the original blog actually was kind of like related to yeah. and wellness has its problems in it. And for sure. Yeah. So I actually, I think back in high school, I think I was not, I think I was pretty like low grade depressed. Didn't really realize what was happening. I think my anorexia eating disorder kind of came from that as a, like as a coping mechanism. Cause a lot of times these things like develop as a way to cope. They're not great. <laughs> They're like pretty bad coping mechanisms, but, um, that was like, you know, especially as a young person, you don't have a ton of agency over your life. And that felt like, especially like when your schedule is so controlled, I was, you know, again, overproductive, like doing too much, had a book schedule and that felt like a really like great way to control. And it almost felt like when I was, didn't feel like good about myself, it felt like this weird twisted way of at least, you know, if I'm trying to shrink myself, that's in, in my disordered mind was quote unquote productive. Um, but of course that did not end well. Um, and finally I like reached out for help and, but with eating disorders, it's like, it's so much more than the weight or, you know, it took a long time to kind of unravel all of that. And I don't think I would have gotten better unless I had like addressed the real root issue, which was kind of that underlying depression. Um, and so I got, you know, a diagnosis and I like started working with a therapist and, um, at that time in high school, I started going on medication and that definitely like eased things up. And then I went to college and I found that I was so much happier in college because I was just surrounded by more people who were like-minded and, um, I was just doing work I really loved and I loved my program. I was in like a communication school, so it was really fun. I think what was really missing for me was like a really tight-knit community. Um, I lived in a really small town. I'm actually there now, um, but I just didn't really jive with a lot of the people in my grade, and I think I just was lacking that connection, but it wasn't like perfect by any means, um, and the eating disorder kind of resurfaced at different points, um, almost as like a reaction, um, and it kind of showed up in different forms throughout college and after college, um, and I think this is I've heard a lot of people who have shared similar experiences where the anorexia sometimes, once you become more weight restored, you, you think you're better, but there's still some underlying, like really partially fat phobic beliefs, but also just the lack of control, like it'll manifest in other ways. And so I kind of turned to running to, you know, get that sense of control um, but also just kind of obsessively monitoring my food. And again, like I found this showing up in different ways, especially with my work now. Um, it kind of feels like, you know, a different flavor of the same feeling that like, oh, I was always just like one lifestyle change, quote unquote lifestyle change. I was always one diet, one, you know, 
restriction away from figuring it all out. Like, oh, if only, like, maybe if I take out dairy, you know, my life is going to change, you know, but it sounds so silly to say it now, but when you're kind of in that, you know, echo chamber where everyone you're following is on these different, like, super restrictive diets, it seems normal. You're like, oh yeah, no one I follow eats dairy. Like, why should I? Like, they all look X, Y, Z. And so that must be my problem. Um, so it's just like that world just kind of get, got like smaller and smaller and smaller of like the foods I would eat and the people I was following. And again, that's where those like obsessive thoughts come in. So it's all, it's like a different flavor of the same initial thing. Um, so that, that kind of manifested itself, like when I was out of college. And again, that was my first job. And I was pretty, again, like the underlying problem, I was pretty depressed because I didn't have, you know, really solid relationships and solid friendships. So it's interesting to look back now. It's so much clearer when you're like looking back. Um, but I feel like the big issues is like when I was not super connected with my, my community, whether that was like really strong friendships or just like a broader community that I didn't feel tapped into that kind of like triggered that depression, depression, which kind of triggered the eating disorder behaviors as like a coping tool. Um, but then I moved back to Nantucket. Um, and that year I like met my now husband. And so that relationship, like really actually helped me so much to become an intuitive eater. Cause I was actually, I connected to a couple people who, you know, kind of pushed me in that positive direction, not push, but like pull, I should say pulled me into that positive direction because I was like, Oh, these people seem really cool. And like, I have a lot of respect for them and kind of learn from them in that way. And then the message was like, I was ready to hear <laughs> what intuitive eating was about. And then I also like fell in love and it just didn't feel as important to be controlling my body anymore. Like just my life seemed to open up more. Um, and it's, it's, it's honestly like that changed my life, intuitive eating, like learning to trust myself, learning to really it's like intuitive eating and self-awareness, um, realizing that I have agency, um, you know, working with a therapist, like all of these things have just been so helpful. So that's kind of like how my mental health journey has evolved. And now in COVID, I just, I think it's really important to just keep, I was talking to Ingrid, my best friend who I do that podcast with, and we were just saying how, like, you know, we might have these different close relationships that we can still, like, nourish right now during, like, COVID. But there's a certain layer of, like, just community and, like, loose connections that I think are so important for us to feel whole and less lonely. Like, there's different, I, I heard on, I think it was Brene Brown's podcast, I wish I remembered this guy's name, but he talks a lot about loneliness. And he was just explaining that, like, there's like different layers like you have to have this bucket of like truly intimate friendships and then those kind of like close friendships and then that layer of like community friendships and I think we're all like community lonely um and that's been hard to like realize that oh like that really is <laughs> impacting my mental health a lot and you know just it's not really something that you can get right now so just having to find other ways to really be careful and like mindful about where I'm at and 
kind of amping up the self-care in other ways. But for me personally, self-care is a lot about connection over, you know, more of the food or like, even though I love movement, like I would still say like connection is probably the, the biggest thing that helps me feel like myself. Definitely. And yeah, there's just so much I want to touch on from like all of that. But I think just with the COVID piece, um, yeah, it's for me, I think it's like a good picture, like the community connection. I think the things that I like miss out on the most are, you know, just like that saying hi to the barista, like the just things that were those little parts of your daily routine that like, yeah, you can still get a coffee, but it's like the little things that you don't have that social connection with people and that generally people feel more like scared of Mm -hmm. strangers now, which is really interesting and not having that like passerby type of connection that we all kind of took for granted that is sad. Um, And I think for me personally, I just like really thrive off of like novelty and being able to meet Mm -hmm. new people. And, um, you know, obviously I'm still doing it where we're meeting and it's new, but um, it's, it's, you know, it's not the same. And the Zoom is a hundred percent not the same as meeting people in person. And I think we're all like, we're all missing that, that piece. Um, But to go back to your, your kind of mental health journey story as well, Um, I also struggled with disordered eating and I think it's like so interesting to like trace the Mm -hmm. thread back and you know kind of how it started and how it transformed and I think I just like think back to it and I'm like like the little girl she was just like searching to be accepted and like loved for who she was and she Mm -hmm. thought she like had to look this certain way for that to be the case and felt that way for such a long time and I just like think of all the time I wasted on like need to do keto I need to do this like all of these things that were like for me it's like hard to even wrap my mind around it now that I was doing that because it just seems like such a far away thing and just like trusting yourself and intuitive eating and all of those things it's just just meeting anyone that's struggling right now it's just like you just want them to see the light so badly because it's it's just such a so much time spent on trying to do this thing that doesn't really get you anywhere and I have so much compassion to anyone who is really in it because when a lot of these like I don't know how to describe it but like I think depression is very extra hard because it's almost like this extinguishing of hope and if you're you know if your soul is genuinely like wanting to you know express itself and like live this life and have that hope being extinguished I I appreciate that my therapist has helped me to not demonize coping tools I've used in the past even if I've grown out of them because at the time like in a weird twisted way like trying to control my food was a form of hope because I think there was, you know, diet culture is manipulating us into thinking, like, again, like I said, like, we're one diet away from, you know, happiness. But in a twisted way, it was like one step up from the true depression, where it's like, at least I believe there was a thing to achieve or like, get out of the nothingness. 
Um, so in that way, it sparked something. Obviously, it was also very destructive and not a way there's so many better things, but I've also slipped into bouts of depression anytime I almost think of, like when we talk about this idea that like money, fame, followers, none of that is going to make you happy. And when that kind of sinks in, truly that's triggered depression before for me to like really realize, oh, these things that I'm chasing, like that almost feels like a purpose, (laughs) but my purpose has to be so much deeper than what I'm chasing. Um, Otherwise I slip into that like nothing zone of like, okay, if I'm not chasing anything, why am I here? It's trying to find that deeper thing of like being here is enough. You don't have, it's, it's hard to explain, but I get, I, I get why, (laughs) why people do these destructive things almost to get them either more negative than depression or higher than depression, like whatever it is that, that gray numb zone is so unbearable. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really interesting. Like the coping strategy or like the striving for something. I think that's like, maybe like, maybe a more unique thing with like an eating disorder thing. Cause I think of like, you know, the things we use to like, to numb or control and we don't have control and like, you know, drugs and alcohol being something, staying really busy being something. Um, those are like the main ones I'm thinking of right yeah. now. Um, and obviously food isn't a great one because it does a lot of damage to you mentally and um, physically. But in a way, it was like this way of like this like overachievers way to like have control at that time. And I mean, I really like up until even this spring and this summer, like saw ways that I was still using food to really cope with certain things and just had to learn so much compassion for myself for it continuing and really in this year was like fully able to like step into accepting my body and it's yeah it's it's such an interesting such an interesting thing to see and such an interesting idea with depression um and i i always wonder and have these ideas of i think it's like a lot oh not i don't want to generalize to depression but it's like a lot of this like seeking this purpose and feeling like there isn't a purpose for being here is this like big piece of depression and you know i i try to like look at depression in a lot of different ways and especially since that's something that i work with and i i wonder with people if everyone is searching for this person and everyone has these feelings and like yeah like what you know the balance between staying present and and having this purpose yeah oh i mean <laughs> that's the question (laughs) like yeah it's hard to know like on a day-to-day basis where is my motivation coming from and like I found I feel like 2019 was a year where I almost experimented with how like neutral I could be about things (laughs) where there was almost like no striving it was just true like just almost like letting my hands off the reins and seeing just what like still going through the motions almost but not actively trying to chase something and in a way that was <laughs> I felt like it I, multiple times I would like dip into that low feeling of like yeah what I don't have the answer <laughs> I don't know why we're here I don't know what our purpose is like 
which is why it's, I think it's helpful to have that balance of like striving while also not being, believing it's going to necessarily make you happy. But if that can like kickstart your energy, if there's something that like is exciting that you don't have yet, like a future that you're creating, um, that helps like give myself energy. But I think the area that I'd like to work on more is just like you said, being present, um, being alive for the moment that you're in. Um, and I don't, I don't have any answers. Like this is the stuff that I think about all the time. Um, but I, when I kind of keep going back to this idea of community and connection, I always slapped a label of like, Oh, I'm an introvert because I do get overwhelmed with a lot of people. But at the same time, I think that was a disservice to myself to like try to over label myself in that way, because now I found like, actually I have to be really intentional about spending enough time with people because that, that to me feels like purpose is like other people, like the magic that happens when people are together. And I feel like I dip into depression the most when I kind of look up and realize, Oh, I, I've actually been pretty isolated lately. And social media is kind of tricked me into thinking that I'm kind of living more than I am because I'm seeing so many different things, but I'm actually not living that much. And connecting with people. Yeah. I think, I think the purpose question is like a really interesting question and something that I was like, searching for answers for for a while and was definitely like part of my a big part of like my journey especially after I graduated college I was like what do I do now (laughs) with my life why (laughs) (laughs) what what now um so I I think it's like I think it's interesting and I think it goes back to like knowing yourself as well because I I don't know I actually and knowing like the environments that you thrive in and knowing a lot about yourself. Cause I, I actually went back to my hometown after I graduated too and was there and had experienced a burnout after college and thought that I needed this time to like wait tables and like the time and space to be present and do things that I did when I was a kid quote would make me happy. And I was actually like the most depressed I'd ever been cause I didn't have any purpose really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think like, you know, it's okay if there's like spectrums of like how much purpose plays in your life. But sometimes I even think of like, you know, the great, the great people that suffer from depression and all these things that are driven by this like seeking and meaning for purpose. And I like, just in in my own experience, take it as like, I have a higher purpose and like, I wouldn't have this feeling if I didn't have a higher purpose. So I'm going to keep like seeking and achieving that till, till this is over. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I listen to a lot of um, Sahara Rose. Like she talks a lot about like Dharma and purpose and like your life's purpose here. And I also listen to some like stuff about Tantra and how the only purpose is to be present and open to the moment. So I think it's like both things mm. are the purpose, like finding quote your purpose even if it's changing even if it's evolving and being really present in the moment um which is it's like a hard thing to wrap your mind around that both are quote yeah and something that's helped me when I felt it's almost like a mental exercise when I felt depressed and often when I'm depressed I'm very much in my head so really what I probably could be doing more is like getting out of my head but something I like to sometimes think about is because when I'm feeling depressed, like one of the symptoms that shows up to me is like, 
I'll be driving and it's like, oh, what should I do today? And it's like, I could almost watch the movie of my life of like all the things I could do. And like, I've already done it all before. Like what, it just feels like, what is the point? Like, I, I might as well be sitting on this chair all day. Like it would feel the same as if I had done all these things that I supposedly like. Um, and it's feeling like you can do nothing that would make you feel any different from the way you just feel numb right now. And something that helps me like just again, like bring more fun into it. It's like, yeah, what if, you know, in this experiment, like maybe, you know, there's no quote unquote, like higher plan. Maybe it is just like a game, but like you're here now, (laughs) you are here. And for whatever reason, you've been given this incredible gift of being alive. Um, So why not like have fun with the game? Like if you're going to be in this game, which you already are, like you might as well try to have fun. Cause I, I think purpose and presence can feel so like heavy and heady and things can get so serious. And if you're in your mind a lot and probably struggle with mental health, you're probably a pretty serious person. And I think it could be helpful to try to have fun, even if it doesn't sound like fun right away. And sometimes, especially in that moment when, you know, you're in the car and you might as well be sitting anywhere and nothing sounds good to you. Like everything just sounds the same just get started doing something and you probably won't feel like amazing by the end of the day, but just that momentum, like you're just playing the game, like take, like roll the dice today and just do something. Cause that'll get you moving and back into the swing of things versus that like stuck feeling. Yeah. It's interesting when you feel bad. It's like, you don't want to do the thing that makes you feel better. And you're, you convince yourself that it won't make it you is wild. And it will. Why? It's, it's, so it's wild to be like, okay, so I know that if I, you know, get on a bike or go for a rollerblade, I will at least feel like 2% better. And like, isn't 2% better than zero, Georgie? And I'm just like, mm, mm, no, <laughs> it's like, come on. It's wild. Like I, I can like argue with myself ad nauseum. Yeah, for me, like, the thing that snaps me out of feeling, like, weird and off and depressed is, like, going for a run. Like, I feel like if Mm -hmm. I start sweating and then I come back, I'm, like, a new person after the run. Um, But it's, like, doing the act of it. It's, like, an hour of me, like, putting my shoes on and being, like, I don't want to, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then after I've done it, I feel so much better. Um, But it's, it's, like, such... It's definitely such an interesting thing seeing like how we convince ourselves and I think kind of related to that I wonder like for me personally I've realized with like trying to to stop burning out and I I recently kind of had one and feel like I've like come back home to myself and it feels really great to be here um (laughs) but I noticed that the burnout it's like burnout depression and Mm. then coming back and it's like this like you know, like if I would avoid the burnout and actually take care of myself and not burn out, that I wouldn't feel like depressed. <laughs> it's wild because I think in the moments when you're like doing so much, if you have a tendency towards depression, sometimes I feel like the shoe in my the the fear brain, and I w- I want to rewrite the story because it is a story, and I, it kind of self perpetuates because I do the thing that. Make- makes it true but this is the story that I tell myself is oh when I'm feeling good this is very finite something like you know 
the shoe is going to drop. So I might as well push myself so hard now that I have this energy because I don't know how long it's going to last. And I'm just going to go, I'm going to push myself past my limit and ignore all the cues to slow down because I'm afraid that when I slow down, that's when the shoe's going to drop. And what do you know, like when my body slows me down from getting burned out, like physically sick or like truly just no energy, no like fire, then I do like, that's what happens. Like that slow down in the consequences and the like almost stillness in space after having so much stimulation is scary and like kind of can get you to dip into that numb place. Um, so it's like, ah, yes, I just did the thing that I shouldn't like if I had just slowed down that first inkling, um, what my therapist told me this great, uh, analogy almost like when she was talking about looking for signs of depression, she's like, imagine you're driving into a city and it's like, or you're driving along the highway and you're seeing these road signs and imagine Boston is depression. And it's like, okay, now you're a hundred miles from Boston. Like that's the first sign. At that point, if you see that sign and you don't want to go to Boston, that's a great time to like turn around and turning around could be all those self-care things like go like cancel your work thing and go make a friend date because you know, that's going to make you feel better. And that's enough when you're a hundred miles away, you get to 50 miles. It's like, then you have to do a lot more, but like you, there's still plenty of time. Like you could, you know, turn around, but if you hit the city, it's like, that's when you kind of had this colossal crash and it's so much harder to get out than when you had just noticed those initial signs. Yeah. And it's so funny when you're, when you're taking care of yourself, you like don't mind canceling the thing that you know you need to and like advocating for yourself, Mm -hmm. but then it's like, it gets worse and then you won't cancel the thing. So you're just worse and then you're not advocating for, and it's just like this horrible cycle and you're like, yeah, but, but it's almost like, and I, I remember how this, this felt when I was struggling with an eating disorder. It was like, it was this weird like control feeling when I didn't take care of myself, if that makes sense. It was like knowing the right thing to do and like pushing beyond that. And there was that kind of like feeling of power control or I don't know what that was, but it does kind of remind me of that, those feelings. And to, to have compassion for that younger self, it's almost like that little rebel in you. That's like, this is all, this is the one tool I have is to not listen to myself. Um, and to like, again, as an adult, be like, ah, yes, I hear you. Like we know better. Um, and doing things when you know better, it can like start with the littlest thing. I'm just such a believer in momentum. Like you don't have to change everything overnight. Like just start with one little thing and that's what's going to help turn the ship around versus trying to like, especially when you're depressed, especially when things feel hard, like don't try the hardest thing first. Cause that used to be my mentality of like, just go crazy. And like, if you can't do that, then don't even try. It's like, no, there's like so many little things, just one better thought or one higher emotion. Like I would even say if you're struggling with depression, like I wish someone had told me sooner, like it's okay to be angry. Anger can actually help lift you out of depression it has more energy and more charge than depression you can be even angry at your depression that's something that's like that's fire you want to move beyond that you don't want to get stuck there but I wish I had known that that was like like one rung up the ladder to get me to breathe again you know to give the fire back yeah I think it's interesting because for me it's like you know depression or 
not depression, but anger or sadness, you know, that is better than the the feeling of like, I don't feel anything, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I would rather have feelings that I need to like work through and get through in the moment and move through those and then be able to be on the other side. I think I just also have compassion and especially people in this pandemic and like, you know, with different things. Like I think in my most recent burnout, I really felt like some of the things were just out of my control, things that were imminent that I like had to handle. And I knew the burnout was coming and then feelings of not feeling so great were coming. And I think even though it was still hard, like I did a great time, a great job of like this time being like, hey, I know this is coming and like I might feel this way after, but like, you know, I'm, I'm going to accept it that I might feel bad after and I know it's going to change and I'm going to feel better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like it's okay. And always like, I think about this, this is obviously like a different feeling, but like, um, I've in the past struggled with confrontation. I've gotten so much better now. And like, it's almost like, I think I do this with depression, but the fear of the thing always is way worse. And like you twist yourself in knots and like do gymnastics to avoid something that, yeah, it sucks, but it's like, it's temporary. All these things are temporary. And I feel like the fear gets us trapped way more than the negative feeling that we have to pass through anyways definitely it's always like the fear the anticipation but kind of like one last thing about this topic to kind of like end it off but how does like spirituality play like a role in your life now or just like how does that kind of interact with with depression or mental health Mm. I feel like I I mean, to be totally honest, I feel like with, you know, my evolution out of, you know, the quote unquote health world into wellness kind of merged into spirituality. And I got a little disillusioned in the last couple of years with almost the same way that like diet culture has taken over health. I almost feel like that there's almost like a industrial spiritual kind of, so I feel like I need, I'm not yet in a place just candidly where I've found my own like authentic version of spirituality outside of, you know, what I associated with like the wellness and spiritual world. And I've since been kind of disillusioned with that space because it felt a little like whitewashed and just, there was something like it was interesting, but there was just something missing for me personally. So I've kind of moved away from that. So I haven't quite found something that feels truer necessarily and this is not it's not one person or one anything it's just and there's so many amazing things in that space I just for me I had to kind of move away um so I haven't really found something that truly I, I would call like a spiritual practice if anything just being in nature feels like a spiritual practice I guess that is authentic for me right now but who knows something crossed my path and um like I try to say like my mind's open I've left things and come back to them before and been able to see them with fresh perspective. So um, it's mostly just like examining my own relationship with a space or industry that wasn't working for me. Yeah. I definitely think there's like a lot of problems in the, in the spirituality space too, of just, you know, this like higher perspective or of knowing better and like evolving. And then, you know, like you have to have all the crystals or like you have to have all the items to be spiritual. And then, like you said, like the the whitewashing of spirituality and, you know, taking like ancient practices and like making them new trendy wellness things. And I think, 
Yeah. I it felt like an achieving thing too. It felt like, okay, level one is this level of, and like is manifesting this. And then level two is like, it just, to me, it felt like the same. It felt so similar to the, to my relation. And again, I cannot speak for anyone else for me personally, that kind of chasing, it was like, oh, I'm one spiritual practice away from feeling better the same way that I felt like, oh, I'm just one diet away. Just I haven't found the right diet or like I haven't found the right guru. And not that I'm, a, I never would have followed a guru, but like I'm one like, you know, mindset hack away or I'm one blah, blah, blah away. I'm like, oh, that's, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing I don't want to be in. Like, I want to find peace now. <laughs> and there's plenty of people who talk about that. So obviously like I have, I'm not an expert in the spiritual industry at all, but I just needed to find my own version. Um, and almost like just take a, I did that with like the wellness and food and health world. Like I just needed a break and now I can come back and use my own lens a little bit more clearly. But I think I was just a little overwhelmed for a while. Definitely. And yeah, I think with just like my experience in it, I've kind of just taken like little pieces of what works for me. And like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm searching for like a higher me or like the answer. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just like a continual learning process, which makes it exciting for me, but not like, let me add this next thing to be like Mm -hmm. a more perfect me. It's more like, oh, this is really cool and interesting. And I'll like add this into the mix and see see what happens but I definitely think like I think it's like one reason that I'm passionate about spirituality too is that I think like it definitely gets this certain um reputation and I want it to be more like accessible to everyone and you know cultures respected and like this really like unique super individual thing that you take the pieces that work for you and it's this practice that you can like return too that's really helpful instead of this like another like box I have to check of this like never-ending to-do list of like how to be like a well healthy person Mm, yeah no I love that and again like I kind of alluded to my nature is to overdo things so I think there was a time when I kind of overdid it and I think my balancing act is to like oh gotta just clean the slate a little bit in my with my practices so I can again come back with clear, more, um, more intuitive and like aligned to my, what worked for me and versus the chasing feeling that I was having. Yeah. And I think spirituality is like really, really individual and like kind of like what I practice now. Like I feel like it aligns with things that I was even doing as a kid, not, Mm -hmm. not in a way that I said it was, I didn't think of it as a spiritual practice, but it somehow evolved into my adult life and I get to bring this like thing that I thought was really cool and interesting. Um, you know, like along with nature and the moon, like I was just always into that as a kid and I was always into magic and now I get to like have fun with that as an adult and see how that evolves. So I think like you said, and kind of, we said in this conversation too, it's like making it fun and like exciting and just like trying new things instead of like, I don't know, like finding the right way. And I definitely um, like understand the feeling of like, I need a break from all of this because I've been inundated with like, this is the right, you need to do this thing and this thing. And like, I definitely like have my breaks from all of that because sometimes I'm like, actually I'm doing pretty well right now. And I don't think yeah. I need like 24 pieces of advice. 
I know it can be, again, like not addicting is not the right word, but it can feel like a never ending cycle. And sometimes I think it's just helpful and why I come back to presence and just finding other things to shift my mind's overactive tendencies on because I'm like, I just want to be able to like live my life so I can, like, I don't need to constantly be reflecting on everything. You know, there's, there's a limit. So it's like, there's, there's seasons to this kind of stuff. And I think I, I'm having a different season with spirituality and it will probably play a much bigger role in a new, in another season in the future. Yeah. It's, it's been interesting. Like this year, I feel like, um, I've noticed, like, I feel like shifts in spirituality and actually like more people becoming spiritual due to all the craziness that's happened Mm -hmm. this year. And I've had like people message me on Instagram about it. So it has definitely been interesting and I'm ex- I'm interested to see how that evolves and how religion and spirituality and like what the next you know the next generation's views on all of that are yeah I have a friend um Holly who always likes to say awareness is the new wellness and I just love that little nugget because I think if anything my my spiritual practice is just awareness like trying to be conscious of what's going on, how I'm feeling, how other people are like truly being aware and hopefully embodied when I can. Cause again, depression almost feels like an exiting of the human experience. It's just like a disconnection where awareness is just like, okay, I'm here. <laughs> You're here. Like just no judgment. And that to me feels like doesn't need awareness. Doesn't need striving. Completely. Yeah. And I think like, I think Tantra is a lot about Mm. like awareness and everything and a spiritual practice. I I don't know. And I I think spirituality is such a wide world, wide word. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you can define it as like, I don't know, like painting is my spiritual practice or whatever, whatever you want it to be. But this conversation has been so great. I feel like we've gone in like so many Mm -hmm. different directions and thank you so much for, for being on the show. Thank you for having me and letting me ramble. I apologize sometimes. I like start sentences and they just kind of like unfold and I don't know. <laughs> so thanks for anyone who can string along with me. Yeah, no problem at all. I'm very much the same, same type of mind. It's like I'm thinking about one thing as I'm talking and then like another thing that I have to bring up. Comes like, here up. we go. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be, it's going to be a ride. <laughs> yeah.